Hi, I'm Norm Tabler with this month's edition of The Lighter Side of Health Law. Taking aim at COVID-19. As we recently discussed, a Duke University study ranked the N95 mask as the best protection against coronavirus infection. But last month, physician Jeffrey Bark of Orange County, California, posted a video suggesting a better protective device. Jeffrey's anti-mask video says that if you want protection against coronavirus, forget N95 and all the other masks. What you need is this, he announced as he brandished his trusty 9mm handgun. I carry this wherever I go. For some reason, Hogue Hospital, where Jeffrey has outpatient privileges, decided to distance itself from him, issuing a public announcement lamenting that people mistakenly associated Jeff with the hospital and assuring the public that, quote, to be clear, he is not an employee and does not hold admitting privileges at Hogue Hospital. His personal views in no way represent the views of Hogue or the Hogue staff and are inconsistent with those of all recognized medical and scientific organizations. There's no truth to the rumor that Jeffrey petitioned the hospital to require OR personnel to dispense with masks in favor of sidearms. Man bites dog. Okay, a man didn't really bite a dog. But this story is just as newsworthy. The headline could be, Attorney Misuses Personal Funds for Client's Benefit. Pennsylvania attorney Keith McWork paid four clients over half a million dollars, saying he had won it for them. But that was a lie. It was Keith's own money. He had not done the work on their cases as he was supposed to, so he hadn't won anything for them. His punishment by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court was about as weird as his offense. In July 2020, he was suspended from practice for four years, retroactive to February 2016. You heard correctly. He was suspended for a four-year period that ended five months before it started. You can't make this stuff up. The case is Office of Disciplinary Counsel versus McQuirk, Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. The straight face test. To argue effectively on behalf of a client, a lawyer has to keep a straight face, no matter what the argument. Here is an actual case that will enable you to test your ability to do that. Pretend you're the lawyer for former NFL linebacker Robert McCune, charged with submitting false medical equipment claims to the NFL Players Health Fund. Robert's case is pending in federal court in Kentucky. He wants you to have it moved to Georgia. When you ask what grounds he has, he says that all Kentuckians are prejudiced against him because he did not play college ball for the University of Kentucky. When you ask where he did play, he says the University of Louisville. You're on the verge of explaining that Louisville is in Kentucky when you remember that Robert weighs 245 pounds, so you don't challenge his reasoning. Now for the test. Go to your bathroom mirror, look yourself in the eye, and recite the following. Your Honor, Mr. McCune cannot get a fair trial in Kentucky. Kentuckians hate him for playing football for one Kentucky university instead of another Kentucky university. Were you able to keep a straight face? If so, you pass. If not, keep practicing. The case is U.S. v. McCune, Eastern District, Kentucky. The What Were You Thinking Award. This month's What Were You Thinking Award goes to Texas lawyer Paul Davis. Paul journeyed to the District of Columbia on January 6th to join in the storming of the Capitol, which is, of course, a crime. His employer, Goosehead Insurance, 1,200 miles away in Texas, would never have known about it except for one thing. Paul live-streamed a video of his adventure. And leaving nothing unsaid, Paul recited into the microphone that, yes, indeed, he was part of a crowd storming the Capitol to prevent Congress from certifying the results of the presidential election. By the next day, Paul's video had been seen by over 1.2 million viewers, some of whom were Goosehead clients who contacted Goosehead to express their disapproval of that particular Goosehead employee's exploits. Goosehead promptly announced that Paul had been fired.
Paul did not livestream his exit from Goosehead headquarters carrying a cardboard box. The old and-or argument. The difference between the conjunctions and and or has been the decisive factor in many a lawsuit. Now, thanks to COVID, it's at the heart of insurance lawsuits across the country. Take the case of Pittsburgh-area dentist Tim Ungerin. When his dentistry business dropped off drastically due to government-ordered closure, he filed a claim with his property insurer. You heard correctly, his property insurer. And whether he wins or not, his argument passes the straight-face test. The policy covers losses from, quote, physical loss of or damage to property. This is where the conjunction or comes in. The conjunction separates loss of from damage to. So, observes Dr. Tim, he's covered for, quote, loss of property, even when there's no, quote, damage to the property. And you can't deny that his office was uninhabitable. The government ordered all businesses to close. Full disclosure, if the shutdown order had an exception for dental emergencies, that could affect the outcome of the case. But you get the point about the and-or argument. The case is Ungren versus CNA, Allegheny County Court of Common Pleas. All about, about. Last month, the Federal Circuit Court issued an opinion in a case that had two pharmaceutical companies fighting over the meaning of the word about. The companies could not agree on the meaning of the word about, so they made a federal case of it. Specifically, the question was, do the words about 6 to 8 milligrams include 9 milligrams? In other words, if a patent says about 8, does that include 9? And after hearing experts on both sides of the argument, the court ruled that 9 is, in fact, about 8. Can't you just hear some teenager arguing to his parents that being home by 8 really means being home by 9? The case is Parr Pharmaceutical versus Hospira. Corporations don't date. Lawyer Brian Hahn's love life collided with his professional life in patent litigation between his client Jedi Technologies and a dating app called Scruff. Who would name a dating app Scruff? Brian's client Jedi alleged that Scruff was infringing on certain technology patents that Jedi owns. When the two companies went to court over the patent dispute, Scruff moved to force the issue into arbitration. Their grounds? Well, it seems that Jedi's lawyer Brian had signed up for the Scruff dating app, and in doing so, he had agreed to the boilerplate terms and conditions, which included, guess what, mandatory arbitration. So, Scruff reasoned, Brian is counsel of record for Jedi in this lawsuit. Brian agreed to arbitration. Jedi is bound by the agreement of its counsel, QED. Jedi's response, Brian did that personally, on his own. He was looking for a date for himself personally, not a date for the Jedi Corporation. Corporations don't date. Brian supported his client's position, noting that he had signed up on his own personal phone, used his own personal email address, and posted his own personal headshot, not a photo of Jedi headquarters. A sympathetic court agreed with Brian and Jedi, dismissed the arbitration motion, and wished Brian happy dating. No word on whether Brian has found true love. The case is Perry Street Software versus Jedi Technologies, Southern District of New York. Well, that's it for this month's edition of The Lighter Side of Health Law. I hope you enjoyed it. Check your AHLA Weekly and Health Law Connections magazine for the next edition.